0: Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
1: Well, on today's show, we're going to be talking a bit uh, of education. We've got State Representative Mike Sparks in. Uh, surprised you're not, you know, subbing in some classroom or something. right? You know, right I've,
2: I've I've visited. I have been visiting some classrooms. I'm um, my old uh, school well, i'm talking thought, about like
1: to work or uh, something, <laughs> well, you, know?
2: you know i really wanted to do that um uh gentleman that just lost the county commission race Corey, um uh sip uh hope i'm pronouncing his right name right um, sipola um he had he had went and um, did some substitute teaching and he enjoyed it um but it's it's a different day to day than it was when you and i were in school but i've been visiting classrooms and uh, i talked to a uh, principal of the day and uh, we'll try to go see him next next week but it was neat going back you know we've done the show over there at Thermo France it's my, old, my old school and uh, my intern uh, Sarah Snyder was with me she was um, she read she went to that school I believe it was um, first grade through eighth and she's at MtSU now so it was it was really neat going back and um, uh, they were doing a little skit uh, on um, civics and mayor Smyrna mayor Marius to Reed was there and a little little student was playing the part of um, senator paul bailey and i was curious why this young man had a cowboy hat on and then then i heard him say paul bailey and it was really so cool to um to listen to these students and they talked about tennessee music history and uh and the students kind of had little, little um, dressed up as different figures and what was the coolest about this young man uh, i called i called senator bailey by the way and i put him on the phone with the young man and they were they chatted but he had a little pocket constitution you know a little pocket constitution hanging out of his pocket and i thought man and i got a photo of him with little cowboy hat and he was talking to senator paul bailey and um i think that i think he just searched paul bailey because he had seen the hat you know and liked the hat but does but, uh, paul
1: bailey carry a constitution in his pocket <laughs> i
2: hope he does um he, he needs to he's a great guy and um so i text there's a there's the uh, 917 project where they put the Constitution in the Society. is it the 917 Society, Society Joni Bryant is that in the what fifth grade they do that
3: we work going to give every kid a copy of the Constitution mm-hmm.
2: so um, it was really it was really neat but um uh, but yeah I have been visiting classrooms but, but um but you know that's what we want to talk about today is uh, education teacher shortage and just the challenges facing um public education today so I've got J C Bowman uh, director of Professional Educator Tennessee. Uh, known as PET, and then we'll have Chairman of Education uh, call in from uh, Shelby County, uh, Mark White, here in just a few minutes.
1: Okay. Uh, If you maybe have some questions, you can hit us up on text at uh, 615-893-1450. Questions, comments about uh, education, 615-893-1450. So, Rutherford County Schools, just get back. Um, Went back to school on Monday. I think we've added on average about 1200 kids a year yes in the rutherford county school system which is if you think about it this way because when someone told it told me this it it really kind of resonated a little more than just a pure number it is enough to fill up a county elementary school that's how many we add per year yes the capacity Mm -hmm. of an elementary school in rutherford county is you know uh a thousand, 1, eleven hundred, 1, twelve hundred, somewhere yeah. in there depending on and schools are and, expensive and that's what we're adding every year mm-hmm. there are classrooms that are being you know walls constructed to make two classrooms out of one desk furniture that still isn't available i mean it's it's been kind of a an interesting start to the new yes. school year
2: yes well you know the next projected high school um the last time i seen the numbers which was months ago was 108 million for the next high school we built uh the county built the stewart's creek uh, high stewart's creek middle school stewart's creek elementary for 70 million if i'm not mistaken uh and kudos to former director harry gill and um that, that's uh, right Tra- and um trey lee for 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 working that and, and and the county commission and school board as well because th- that was efficient if you go by there um, now, you, those days are long gone with inflation and cost to build materials and labor. All they're, three they're schools gone. were built all, for 70? All three, if I'm not mistaken, all three were 70, including the land. If I'm not mistaken, I could be off a few million dollars, but those days are long gone. But that's one reason that I've been an advocate for school choice, you know, a parental choice in, in the school system, because the system that we're on is is, is really unsustainable. You just cannot continue... To, to build schools at the at the at the levels you've been building them uh, for uh, the past um, past five and even ten years. So, w- what does that mean? How how does that solve the
1: overcrowding problem? Well, think? I think
2: I think if you if you've got folks that can that can build a school for 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 less money, you know uh let's look at alternatives i mean we we do that with every other area and i mean we just were talking just now about apps you know i was talking about the mcdonald's app i've got a mcdonald's cup of coffee and brought you one he was talking about the cracker barrel app i mean that's that's things that people are doing it's innovation you know i've got my ipad pulled up right now um with with you know news and different things this morning i was writing an article for my, my paper tennessee ledger you know that's things are outside the box i mean going back to the media industry you know we've lost two thousand newspapers since 2004 i mean they just can't cannot cannot continue to just they've got to keep up with the times and i mean with education i think we've got to do the same thing i mean we've got problems we've got to address the problems i mean if folks want to want to homeschool let's help them homeschool you know let's give them the resources there's an online cl- uh, uh, uh course it's um was it k3 is it, K- is it K- k12 you know i sent them an email this morning wanting to meet with um their government relations folks and get more information on them but um but you get a lot of pushback from that with, with uh, politics. You know, a lot of folks want to keep doing the same thing they've always done and get the results they've, they've always gotten and expect um, uh, a better return. And I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, one thing I like about uh, J.C., we, we can sit here and talk about these things. We may disagree. We may agree. And Mark White, the chairman who will called in a few, is, is, is the same way. You can have a conversation. But sometimes, especially in today's culture, you can't even have a conversation because it gets so divisive. And people just uh, want to shut you down, um, but. Uh, uh,
1: but uh, back to the the original question here: how does how does school choice change things? I mean, someone's going to let's say you know a thousand kids are going to go to the some someone's going to build it. Are you yeah. saying that it's it's not going to be the county that does it. it? It could be somebody else that builds. The yeah, I mean the, 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 the
2: charter school. The charter school issue always gets controversial. Um, and I've talked to other people in different states and like we don't know why Tennessee is so controversial when you talk about educational choice. It shouldn't be controversial. Let's just look at the, look at the numbers and see what the options are. If a charter school wants to come to uh, Rutherford County and they can prove on paper they can build the school for less tax dollars and have better or equal outcomes that to me, let's just look at it. you know, keep an open mind on these. On these things, you came from Florida, uh, Bowman, and y'all had educational choice down there, um, and I think that's an area that we should that we should look at. I mean, we do it with 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 college. I mean, I just took a, I just enrolled in a class of the day, and then I took another online class. That's my that's my option. You know, it shouldn't be government forcing you to just do the same old cookie cutter approach that that our forefathers did forty years ago. And then now the college debt is what one point eight trillion. It was a, it was a trillion. When I first brought it up to Senator Bob Corker, and he even agreed, yeah, we've got to do some different things. Well, now it's almost doubled, and we're we're just uh, overloading these young people with with college debt today. Um, and I mean, I don't see it. I just, I mean, the online and those and choice to me, the free market is what's going to eventually solve the problem. I mean, we're still going to have the problems, but I don't think we can solve it by just continuing to do the same old thing we've always done
1: well i think this is uh the third year for uh the virtual school here in rutherford county so i
2: mean some people are choosing that option yeah well like my, my wife and i we when our kids were young my wife we thought about homeschooling my wife didn't feel she didn't feel qualified so what my wife chose to do which i'm really proud of her is she went and, and she was um pto uh vice president for i think six to eight years helping my my kids helping the teachers being in the classroom and it seems today that we don't have as much uh, parental support at least i hear that from teachers and parental involvement i mean do you see that jc
3: yeah yeah i think that what you're seeing with the lack of parental support i call it engagement oh. I, I think you see some parental involvement but what you, that means taking them to school dropping them off or doing whatever but yeah. what they're not doing is engaging following up helping them with their work uh doing those things and and i have to tell you i mean school is so fast paced today i mean we're doing so many things i mean you you cannot compare 1970 to 2022 i mean it's just it's a different world technology exists today that never existed so i think you're seeing different and we're we're trying to 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 mirror things to how it looked during our lifetime so
1: uh we've got um also joining us here to talk about education, uh, education committee chair, Representative Mark White. Uh, Representative, thanks for joining us this morning.
0: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
1: Well, uh, Mike, what were you thinking about uh, conversation well, here,
2: uh, Chairman White? It's always great to deal. He's always great to deal with with both sides of the aisle. Mark, you can have a, a conversation. Mark cares deeply. In fact, he cares so deeply that that you, he wrote a book about um, about even the fatherless. Um, and, you know, Mark and, you know, we can have a conversation, throw out ideas, um, agree to disagree. And, uh, I mean, I think you kind of killed one of my bills this year, Mark, if I'm not mistaken. It was uh, – oh, no. But you were saying that there's other – it was to help correctional officers, um, you know, seek a degree. But you – but you said you, there are some other alternatives out there that that, that they have, and um, but I'm not
1: holding a grudge. No, I'm not you holding. Just a grudge. It up on the radio. <laughs> He's right?
2: also the chairman, so I've got to <laughs> I've got to go through him. He's the gatekeeper, but I know he cares passionately. Mark, would you would you just mention your book real quick? Um, the book you wrote and how you, you came about writing that.
0: Thank you, Mike, and Reverend. Appreciate that. Yeah, you're one of my biggest uh, advocates. The book is called "May I Call You Dad? Why Fathers Are Needs in the Home." It's a book about the importance, uh, we could cure, in my opinion, 95% of our educational woes today if we had stable families, especially with a responsible, actively engaged father in the home. And so the book uh, lists 13 reasons, of uh, roles and responsibilities that a father uh, contributes to the home, uh, you know, such as you know, uh, unconditional love and all these things. So I uh, put that out a number of years ago and uh, it's for fathers and for men who, to be fathers you have a critical role in the raising of your children
1: the uh, we were kind of talking uh, before you joined us about uh, school choice and why that's so controversial in in your opinion you're the education committee chair why is that such a um, controversial item uh, that that we're dealing with right now in, in terms of uh, what to do, and we've got overcrowded schools and, uh, you know, just need some answers, and why Why do you think that is such a controversial topic?
0: Yeah, and it, it, in many ways it's kind of hard to understand. We understand, you know, a public school system. Uh, I've always been a school choice advocate because I believe that a parent of a child has should have the options and a right to choose. If if uh, I don't believe that one size fits all in any situation. Uh, and so I believe that parents, sometimes they need, a, they need options. If it's not working, this particular school is not working, they need an option B to go to another school or another thing. So I'm very very supportive of that. Uh, and, but then you get into issues, you know, you know, public school dollars and how they're distributed and, and everything. So there's just a lot of issues around that. But I, I'm a, an advocate that a parent has the right to choose what is best for their child.
2: Well, Mark, I appreciate it. You know, going back on the on the the fatherless and the nuclear family and the breakdown, I remember um, uh, John Deberry. That I'm uh, not trying to be political, but the Democrats, you know, took him off the ballot. He was the strongest voice, probably for education, on the on the Democrat side of the aisle, and just a voice for for families, and um, and they shut him down. You know, now he's. Governor Bill Lee, you know, hired him to be an education advisor. He's the first African-American to be on the, on the first floor of the state capitol. Uh, for some reason, that doesn't make news. I, I wish maybe Phil Williams could, could cover that because it's a, it's a huge story. You know, it's a positive story. Um, but, you know, I know that it's – he told me once, he said, because it's hard to direct. I mean, how do you legislate the problems that we're seeing today? And we really can't um, when you try to bring up um, – Healing, you try to bring up solutions, man. You'll have people like I, I use the word inner city. I don't know if you remember that this year talking about childhood behavior, and my gosh, you, you know, it was it all of a sudden it turns into a racist comment. I'm like, well, how's using the word inner city? So you try to have a conversation, and you've got the thought police, and you got the woke crowd, and you got cancel culture that that want to dictate your language. Uh, so it's hard to engage in a conversation for solutions when you know you have a problem. Um, and I know it's challenging for you as chairman uh, with all the you know areas that you've got to deal with and the personalities and the legislation um, but I think the path that we're on is unsustainable I think we've got to have more engagement uh, we've got to get more te- more parents involved um, uh, principal I talked to the other day he was like Mike he says man the, he said, yeah kids can be rough he said but parents can be rough you know um, absolutely."
0: Yeah, Representative Sparks, you're absolutely right. As far as former Representative John DeBerry, who's now working with the governor, there's probably never been a finer member of the General Assembly than John DeBerry, Uh, just a fantastic uh, person, and I wish he was still uh, serving with us, but I'm glad he's least uh, in the administration. But a great guy. But it it is very hard, you know, uh, as I mentioned a second ago, you know, Having the home as the foundation to where a child comes from when they start the problem, the reason the education is so difficult right now, and what teachers are having to deal with is they're having to deal with issues that should the home should be dealing with before the child ever gets there. Yes, you know, a child comes to school and if there's dysfunction in the home uh, for many reason, whether whether there be lack of adequacy of eating or drugs or domestic violence and a child comes to school you know they're not ready to learn so the home is is the foundation and then uh, what we do as far as the educational field once the child gets there where we teach them to read and to write and to develop skills to where when they go out to the world that they can function and they can obtain a job and hold a job and uh, be able to be able to support themselves and their families and that's that's where the, the dysfunction we're in right now we're going through it we're going through a transitional phase the, the two years of the pandemic kind of put everything on its heel and now we're trying to figure out uh, moving forward with a lot of the issues and so we're challenged uh but i agree with you we've got to have parental involvement but the parental involvement needs to be a support of the teachers and the schools not to constantly uh criticize uh, the teachers and things because it's it's a tough. I, I started out my career teaching. I loved it. I love teaching 7th graders, but uh, you know, the teachers are the foundation of the educational process, and we need to support them and encourage them. Uh, it, it's just a, a tough area right now.
1: Our guest uh, here today uh, from Professional Educators of Tennessee, J.C. Bowman, also Education Committee Chair, Representative Mark White, State Representative Mike Sparks, and uh, did have a text here. Uh, if you want to text, 615-893-1450 to ask your question, but um, I'll let uh, JCU and, and Representative White kind of tackle this, but we're, we're dealing with... A historic uh, teacher shortage right now. I know Rutherford County schools, uh, you know, are, are having a hard time finding teachers for classrooms and, and schools already started. So, um, JC, let me start with you. How do we fix this problem?
3: Well, let me piggyback on something that uh, Chairman White said earlier. The parent involvement piece here in Murfreesboro, they limited parents to speaking to one minute and I think that was a huge mistake, and I think that actually helped spark the no, no offenses, yeah, okay. General, the uh, decline in the, uh, the removal of the superintendent, the previous one. Because parents want to speak, and we should give them that opportunity to speak. Teachers are the same way. They know what to do to fix uh, public education. And I think part of the thing they've disengaged, we don't listen to their voices. And so for that they they're, they're they're being silent and uh, representative Sparks and I talked about this. I can't get teachers to come on and talk talk on the radio yes, yes. about issues because they're afraid of the repercussions yeah. that's, that's right. going to happen right. to them. but uh, I, I hear it every day they're they're angst and they're uh, upset over it, various issues and they want to speak out so they call me so I get this this and I try not to be negative and Chairman White's a great guy. I sent him my whole, uh, I talked to, talk to them about an hour on Channel 5 about the teacher shortage. It's, it's, it's a problem. And I, I, I was playing around with some ideas, but it's created by a uh, supplies issue. They don't feel like they're getting the materials they need. The curriculum they get is not the right curriculum. They're being held accountable for wit and wisdom and other things that are in their classroom that they don't want there anyway. Uh, not, I'd say 90% of our teachers are non political.
2: And, and we don't have Wismaruff County. That you know, it's was in Williamson.
3: Yeah. But then you got safety issues are a big issue, and we can deal with that. We haven't even touched that. Uh, and one of the things, and, and the gun issue, and I'm a big Second Amendment guy, and that issue, I don't think teachers want to carry a gun. I mean, yeah. we, we've seen that. They want somebody with a gun in their school to protect them. Yes. They themselves don't want responsibility for defending that school. And then you got the security issue. And what I'm talking about there is they can't live in the communities that they teach in. So they're having to drive distances to teach.
2: Financially, you de- mean like we yeah. brought up Metro, or Williamson County. Or
3: yeah, Metro was a, a, was a big one. Metro this year went from uh, about $40,000 a year teaching to 48000 So it's yeah. a big – and now they're getting a lot more of the teachers. They had 540 teachers at the beginning of last year wow. in a shortage. They had 125 this year. Yeah. So uh, while well, it's still – bad, at least people where it's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah,
1: and there there's an interesting comment here about, uh, about that that was sent in from a lister. Um, neighboring counties are paying more than maybe Rutherford County, so people live here, but maybe will travel to Williamson County or Wilson County to teach because they can make I don't know, $5,000 yeah. more a year or something of that nature. So, I mean, pay is a big part of it. Pay is a big, part pay is a
3: big and, and the part. And I know Chairman White, Representative Sparks, and the whole committee have really pushed to make sure that the dollars that are earmarked for teacher salaries actually go there. But it still hasn't gotten to there. And that was my, my big argument against TISA was that that wasn't specifically put in to make sure that that money got put there. And uh, that was one of the issues they tried to address, and I, I think still got neglected. But Chairman, Chairman will correct it. I I, I feel like that they're going to work on that, and I know that that's their commitment. They want to see dollars that they earmark for teachers get into teacher pockets. Representative White,
1: what are your thoughts about uh, the teacher shortages that we're dealing with? Not only here in Rutherford County, but uh, this is this is a national uh, situation, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. I've been in. Uh... It's, like I say. it's not a Tennessee problem uh, solely. It's a national problem. I've been in educational conferences this summer uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and Charleston, South Carolina, uh, representing many, many states, and every state is going through this. And, it's, and part of it is it's in every field right now, nurses, airline pilots, construction workers, plumbers, engineers, yeah. every field is short on the, on the, the, uh, the, the workforce. So, what do we do in the in the teacher? Because it's critical to have a, a teacher in the classroom, especially now school is starting. And we have worked on a couple of bills this past legislative session, in January through April, where we we waive the licensure requirements and for like three years in some areas where the principals could put a teacher in a classroom, even though that is not their particular license. Uh, we're starting apprentice programs and grow your own, where these partnerships between the local colleges. And uh, princess programs, growing your your own your own local teachers, so trying to put things in place, but it it is a problem right now, and, it, and it's sad. Number that's why we need to really talk to our young people growing up through K through 12. Is the beauty? I taught school for a number of years coming out of college, and it's a great profession. Uh, yeah, that was 50 years back, and I still hear from my students today who will call me up or text me, and. Um, talk about things so it's a wonderful career you never lose those associations with the with the students that you have and we've got to get people young people who want to go back in that profession because it's so very very important but it, it it is an issue we're just going to have to work work through it right now and i, I know that's tough right now with our principal's trying to start school and you got you know, 50 100 or 200 uh, positions that you can't fill
1: the uh... I, I know that Rutherford County Schools, we talked about this before uh, you joined us, uh, adding, you know, 1,200 students per year. Uh, you know, the, I, I guess we're seeing in the major areas, Nashville being one, Rutherford, Wilson, Williamson, uh, your, your major cities that are seeing so much growth. I mean, what's the answer to keeping up with the growth uh, that, that we're all experiencing, JC?
3: Yeah, so one of the things that I went in and looked at it, there, I mean, there, I get a list every day now from LinkedIn where they come in. This isn't just hitting public schools, by the way. It's hitting private schools, charter schools as well. I mean, when we hit that there was 2,000, two weeks before school was opening, there was 2,000 openings across the state. And and But when you looked including private and charter schools, there was actually 4,000 openings, including pre-K. So you've, and so they've whittled it down. We're about 1,000 short across the state right now of teachers. So, you know, just mm-hmm. in this area alone, we're about 800 down in Middle Tennessee region. 125, I think. It was so in, 800 Metro. of the
1: 1,000 that are, are out there are, are right Pretty here. much
3: around this area. Wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of them. I mean, you can look at Williamson's got a d- decline. I think they were down 54. Wilson. Uh, Wilson County is down 100. They couldn't even find a physics teacher. One of the things that we, that we worked on and we're going to come back with, I already talked to Chairman Moody, uh, Chairman White, so don't get mad at me. But one of the things that we worked on is that we were trying to uh, look at the retirement deal. I, I representative Rudder, uh, Representative piggy Representative Sparks, or where this the retirement issue in, in Florida and Louisiana. One of the things that they did was that they had created a program called the Drop Program. We have a miniature version of it here, where we could re, a retired teacher could teach one more year and draw seventy percent of their retirement. It needs to be five years. They enter into the drop program. They go in. They do five years. They're going to guarantee to teach five more years. That will address some of the issues. Yes. And they can draw 100% of the retirement. Mm-hmm. That will keep some teachers in the field for a significant amount of time. I think it would be a large number because right now we have 7,000 teachers that can retire this very minute. We have another 3,500 coming on board and 2024 eligible to retire. So you're looking at 10,000 people that can walk out the door at any time so we're, we're ready. We better be really grieved. And Grow Your Own is a good program. It is not. It is a program. We support it. But it's, it's only going to f- put a fraction of the teachers in the classroom that we need. So we got to look at other things. Like Florida has just done a military deal. So where if you're a military veteran, you come in. It could be like a Grow Your Own type program. Mm-hmm. We already had a program called Troops to Teachers. This is going to explain Mediate that a little bit more we need to look at that tennessee is the fifth most populous state for military retirees it'd be a yeah. great state to bring and put these guys into there they go get a degree and go teaching that would actually probably help with some of the discipline issues
1: representative so, white does this i mean that sounds good for you know to kind of put a tourniquet on the bleeding but what do we do to get young people interested in education earlier i mean we're right here in murfreesboro where you have Middle Tennessee State University, which was Middle Tennessee Teachers College. Yes. I mean, this is where all the teachers yes. <laughs> seem exactly. to come from yeah. back in the day. But it's you know, th- th- yeah. those numbers are so low uh, right now with uh, people coming out. So I-, I think there needs to be some type of reinvigoration of what it means to become an educator. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I think we're you know there's a lot of attention right now on, on CTE and things things of that nature, and we're trying to go back. We're going to, have to go back earlier uh, earlier than high school, go back to middle school, even, even late elementary school and start letting young people know of what professions are out there. And, you know, we all have an interest as, as we grow up and so catch ca- captivate that interest early on in our young people and then put in place programs where, where they can learn, learn more about it. Uh, you know, the teach like, say, the teaching profession is, a is, uh, is such, is such a critical one. Uh, Jason, you also mentioned about the now the bill we passed. I think Rebecca Alexander, the resident yes. Alexander, where we took the a teacher who could, could have come off retirement, still draw their retirement. I think is eighty percent. Did you say 70%? Was seventy percent? It seventy. Okay, go back to the classroom and teach. I think we need to extend that, like you said, even longer, and hopefully even let them keep more of the retirement. If if they're retirement age and they've earned retirement, they should get it and. Uh, uh, but then go back to classroom and we don't want to lose these experienced teachers.
1: Well, one thing that was that just came to mind. Um, I, I do a lot of the high school sports here, and I just did an interview last week uh, talking about uh, this. Isn't directly related to the high school, but they have a junior football program where it starts kids when they're four years old. Up through uh, fifth grade on the fundamentals of football and and enjoying the game and and getting involved in the game. Well, we're doing that with football athletes and getting them and you know four years old, five years old, and bringing them up through so they learn the fundamentals and
3: learn to love the sport. So, could you do something, JC? I guess yeah, about that with, well, with education. Well, one of the things that I think we got to do with the the thing, one of the reasons people are not completing colleges of education is a program called EdTPA. You go in, and I, I use this example because, uh, like Chairman White, I taught school, and so for me, I did my student teaching. Then I sold shoes at J.C. during the during the evening. Well, now you have to go take classes while you're work, doing your student teaching mm-hmm. and record yourself. So when we t- when we do th- we get first year data back out, and we look at it, why? You know, what is your student teaching experience? What did you not like? EdTPA is the number one risk issue for them. And you have to have, we've raised the, uh, during Chairman White's administration and the, and the education committee, we've raised the ACT for, to 22 to get into teaching. You have to have a 3.5, or excuse me, a 2.5 or above to to stay in the College of Education. Those are all good things. We don't want to lower the bar. But what we do want to do is figure out getting them into the College of Education. What is it we're doing wrong? I've suggested you bring in all the colleges of education, and I think praxis is a problem. I think we need to have it. Massachusetts is one state that's probably the least in the shortage issues. They're probably one of the better-performing states. And what they did was they created their own exit exam to do. So if we could create that, and look at doing that because exit the Praxis exam is geared toward a national model, so it's geared more toward other standards. If you want to Tennessee standards, we ought to have our own model that do, and we could create that and have that exit. So Praxis and NCBA are two things to really look at uh, for graduating from college to recruit them into the field. I think you're going to have to pay for their college, and I think you're going to have to figure out how to look at doing that. So I think those are two things that we could conceivably do.
1: Chairman White, I'll give you the last word here.
0: I like that. As a matter of fact, I, was, I want to share an idea. I give with Sparks and J.C. and others. I had an idea that we need to create a, a, a long-term vision on how to get young people, you know, interested into the teaching field. Yes. Remember back in the 1960s, under John Kennedy, he created the Peace Corps. And still to this day, we have young people who come out of high school, college, uh, I think it's college age, and they go all over the world, and, and for two years they they commit themselves to, to that mission. We ought to produce uh, what I call a teacher core where we yes. have funding set aside where when you come out of high school, you can take yeah. a year and you go and you, you you apprentice into the educational system in some form or fashion in a local community, whether it be a rural community or an yeah. urban community. And see, how, and, and this. Help young people say this is a great profession. Here's here's what it is, and that way people know right off whether or not this is something they would like. You know, you know, for for long term. But we've got to create excitement. And we've got to create a vision for our young people coming up through school that this is a great profession.
2: Yes. Yes. You heard it first on WGNS. So hopefully this translates into some legislation. Real quick, I was at JC at your pet conference at MTSU. I shot a video of you in front of the Department of Education, MTSU. Who was the school superintendent that got the award that started driving a school bus Joel in Cox. Cleveland County because you didn't have enough um, school yeah, bus jo- drivers?
3: Yeah, Joel Cox in, in Polk County, Tennessee. He's oh, from, Polk, Cleveland, Cal- but yeah, he's from Cleveland. But he's from Cleveland. But he he graduated MTSU, and they couldn't find bus drivers. So he when he did that, he said, I, I have stake in this field. So Man. he actually drives the school bus now. I just thought that was and so cool. often Yes. Yeah.
2: Mark, did you know about that, Chairman White?
0: I've heard about that. I didn't know that particular case. Isn't that cool? When, when I used to school, private school, though, I, I drove a school bus.
2: Did you really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Hey, real quick, your, your, your Lipscomb um, Conflict Management, tell us about that program real quick.
0: Yeah, uh, that's uh, what I do on my, my other work is that it's a uh, master's degree program in leadership in public service. I'm a firm believer, basically serving the years up in the General Assembly, that you can take all the money in the world and you can have the best laid plans, but if you don't have a qualified leader that knows how to carry it out, which is what we deal with every day, then then all goes to naught. So this is a uh, 12-month program master's degree that uh, through collaborative governing uh, uh conflict management, all the things that, that teaches a person, gives them the skill sets on how to lead. And so we go all across the state recruiting community leaders, both rural and urban, with a heavy emphasis on our rural communities. And uh, uh, we actually even have scholarships available to uh, help these people like uh, learn how to lead. Like down in West Tennessee, we have the Ford Motor Company coming in into a very rural uh, area that hasn't changed in 200 years. And so we're helping the these uh, community leaders, mayors, and other people uh, go through this, this program to learn how to lead. So it's a master's degree program and leadership in leadership and public service.
1: All right. Well, I appreciate everybody uh, joining us this morning. And uh, Representative uh, White, Education Committee Chair, also Professional Educators of Tennessee, uh, J.C. Bowman, State Representative Mike Sparks. I appreciate it. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thank you, Mark. And uh, with that, we will remind you that you can check the podcast at WGNSradio.com. Look under Rutherford Issues and uh, find the podcast of today's show. If you want to find out more about what we were talking about, WGNSradio.com. And again, take a look under podcast and Rutherford Issues or wherever you listen to audio. Check out all of our local programs. Just search for WGNS for the podcast.